Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wiki Weekdays podcast. I am your host for this week, Lucas Holland, and I am joined by the luxurious voice, as always, and the luxurious image of Carl Smallwood. Hello. And Carl, are you excited for another podcast where we talk about our wiki pages that we've brought for the week? I am, because the one that I've got, I know it's one that has been requested. I know we don't often do requests, but after speaking to a close friend of ours this weekend, he gave me advice on which one to talk about. Oh, what specific right. thing to talk about? Oh no, <laughs> am I am I thinking what was? Oh no, oh no, no. what, oh, what no. are you thinking? I don't want to say the word beginning with W. <laughs> say the word, Lucas. No, because no, like I said, we've got a friend who is into this sort of thing, and, and they did give me advice on it. And they okay. said, "Here's the thing you should like go talk about." Well, before we do talk about it, I just want to remind everyone. The, the Wiki Weekdays podcast, as I say, we bring a wiki page each to discuss. Yes. Carl's going to discuss his first, and then after our little break, I will bring mine to the page, and it's your job in the comments to let us know which wiki won this week. Yes. A very fun and fine gimmick. We're also available to be listened to on all places where podcasts are found, except for Tidal and a couple of the other more obscure ones. I you keep bringing up Tidal. It's because it's the most <laughs> hilarious one where it was like Jay-Z sat and he went, look, we all know Spotify pays like shit. This is known. Spotify pays mm-hmm. artists like shit. And Jay-Z's like, I'm going to start one that's by a musician, which he is, four musicians, and then only invited his friends to be on it. And I, I do like the idea, though, that if he actually paid everybody what they, they rightly deserve and paid better than Spotify, if he just allowed everyone on the platform like Spotify does, it would have been be- like, oh, no. Oh, no, I realise why Spotify does this. Yeah, it'd be an absolute slam dunk. It's like that thing, isn't it? Like, aren't you tired? A fellow artist, aren't you tired of, like, you know, one big guy at the top who's, like, already a multi-billionaire, millionaire, what have you, um, uh, like, nick- like, you know, nickel and diamond off the top and only allowing, um, uh, you know, the select few to, um, like, you know, reap the benefits of this service? Anyway, I'm Jay-Z and I'm only putting my wife's albums on it. <laughs> So, after we've had a word with Jay-Z, we will be on Tidal. Yeah, but... that's what the only reason I single out is it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. That, like, it was pitched as, like, it's the it's going to be the Spotify killer. It's four musicians, and then it's only let people that he personally knows on there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, if you are listening on any podcast services, you know, just give us a, a rating. Uh, give us a review and yes. try and after help you've our to it. discoverability. Yeah, after you've listened to it, though. I don't that like true. to it. It's like, oh, well, like, comment, subscribe. It's like, well, I've not heard it yet. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You know, a lot of people have obviously listened to more than one episode of this, mm-hmm. hopefully by now. So, uh, All of them, if, hopefully. But if it is your first episode, I hope you enjoy. And Carl, are you going to be bringing us Warhammer? I am, yes. And to clarify, Lucas, we do have a friend who is very into like Warhammer and Warhammer-related stuff, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yes. And, like, you know, and that's one of the reasons we didn't talk about it. It's like, you know, we made a... Like, you know, we have a pretty hard and firm rule. That's right, I'm using double entendres. That we don't normally talk about stuff that we don't know about unless we have someone else's expertise. We can, you know, um, uh, like just refer to. Yeah. Because and- it's not fun to talk about a subject where we have absolutely no interest in it because how are we supposed to riff on something that we don't know? Exactly, and the usual rule is if, you know, one of us doesn't know about the subject, the other one will be very proficient in the subject like me going through some One Piece stuff what? with Carl, for example. Yeah, but yeah, neither yeah. of us have any real 
knowledge or background with Warhammer other than like yeah. knowing a few people that do know about it. Yeah, and like you know, for example, like with the One Piece thing, it's like you're taking the wrong someone who kind of knows what we're talking about, and then I serve as the audience surrogate. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's neat. Oh, like, you know, if we both like comic books, but we like comic books in a very broad sense, and that's why we do Wiki Weekends and Wiki Weekdays because Wikis tend to have a very broad overview of a subject, even one that's very niche, mm-hmm. like you know, a particular subculture or like, you know, like geek or nerddom fandom. Like even the generally, then not I, I was going to say even the Wikis like, generally. With some exceptions, the wikis do tend to give a broad overview of even the most inside baseball stuff, so that even a lay person who's unfamiliar with the subject can get something from it. Hence, wiki weekends. Yeah, wiki exactly. Days. And, you know, there's a bit of an art to picking out what might be interesting for the video, and sometimes, you know, things that are less interesting get caught, etc. Yeah. But, like, a lot of the time, there are fandom pages, especially, where, like, you know, the, it's not a Wikipedia page. It's like a fan site where they've spent like 80,000 words on this one character. And mm-hmm. it's like, we're not going to delve into the, the specific like, you know, details. As you say, we're going to say more towards the surface where like, everyone can kind of get a vague idea of what's going on. And we don't delve too deep and get too confusing for anyone, including ourselves. Yeah, that's the thing. There's like a, there is a skill to picking out a wiki page. I'm not. We're not saying it's a hard thing to learn. No, it's no, like, no. You know, something over many years of like writing and creating content, we can like t- tend to like you know cherry pick um, good examples of a well written wiki. Mm-hmm. And today we go into like you know the daddy of the wiki is just Wikipedia itself. So a link to the wiki we're referring to as always can be found in the links below. But for you know the intros are all on the same page. Warhammer. A warhammer is a weapon that was used by both foot soldiers and cavalry. It is a very old weapon. <laughs> Are we talking about the weapon or what? Yeah, we're talking about... What did you think we were talking about? Oh, no. And to clarify, Lucas, don't we have a friend who's really into this? We do have a friend that's also into Warhammers. So we have a friend who works for Games Workshop, and we have a friend who's into um, HEMA, like historical martial arts as well. So a Warhammer... You know, it's a weapon that was used by foot soldiers and cavalry. It's a very old weapon and gave its name owing to its constant use to Judah or Judah Maccabee, a second century BC Jewish rebel, and to Charles Martel, one of the rulers of France. So, so what do you know about Warhammer, mate? I know that people are going to be really annoyed right now. If you don't put a space marine in the thumbnail for this one, I'm going to be so mad. If you don't put a space marine and just put oh. Warhammer question mark. I'm going to be so mad. Everyone's going to be so mad. But just for everyone that's listening, I want you to know that I'm going to do that But a Carl's behest. This was his yeah. choice. The thing is, though, I thought, how long can I go on with this? But I saw you break down immediately. <laughs> I can't keep doing it. So for, to clarify, we do have a friend who works for Games Workshop. We're not going to cover Warhammer. We're not interested. For all the reasons we just discussed of neither myself nor Lucas has any interest in the subject and therefore will be completely lost trying to cover anything. We can't do that thing we do, say we're talking about Spider-Man, of having mm-hmm. some base level of knowledge with which to hinge our riffing on. Literally, like, my entire history with Warhammer is essentially, oh, that new Space Marine game has a good trailer. Yeah, and like I said, we do have a friend who literally works for the company and has told us not to do it, because they said like, that it's so dense that you will get nothing from it, and I mm-hmm. generally am going to trust that friend's opinion. And I know there are people out there like, oh, but it's so metal. It's like, but there's nothing to base that on. Like, we have no grounding in this universe for which to base all that stuff on. Like, if it sounds, 
It'd be like if we covered like the wiki. For, I don't know what's it. What's a like Toho or something like that. Some other like you know massive big um, uh, like niche interest that has like thousands of words of law that we're only aware of via pop culture osmosis. We'd be just as lost covering that. I was about to say Hello Kitty because of your mug, but we did do a Hello Kitty episode one well, time. I'm aware of Hello Kitty as like you know a pop culture character. <clears throat> exactly. Like, yeah. Hello, yeah, and we know Hello Kitty is a fun character I want to talk about because mm-hmm. you know she she weighs three apples. But tell us about weaponry. Okay, so uh, in the 15th and 16th centuries, the Warhammer became an elaborately decorated and handsome weapon. And here's the thing, right? Have you ever seen that breakdown someone did of like, oh, what do you think is the best historical weapon? We don't mean like, you know, the one that you like the most. What do you think was the most useful, like historical or, you know, pre like just, and I'm saying historical in a very broad sense. I know there are people mm-hmm. who's equally into this who will probably get in like, like nitpicking stuff of like specific details like we cover in Wikipedia, but just like, you know, a handheld melee weapon. What do you think was the one that basically, like, you know, did the most damage um, historically in terms of sheer numbers? Uh, maybe not numbers, but maybe in uh, like efficacy. Maybe it's just the weapon that um, Betty Ross wields in community to take down Joe McHale and just Jeez. strangle him to death. She combines like 11 prehistoric tools to just combine to make like a mega weapon and just choke oh, okay. Joel McHale out. Okay, well, um, the actual answer is a spear. And you always think when you think like, you know, what historical, you think a sword, whether it's mm-hmm. a broadsword or a claymore or a katana or, you know, Zhang Dao or any of those things from like, like you know, For Honor that I'm using as my pronunciation guide. Mm-hmm. But you think the sword, is it? When you think historical warrior, you think guy in armor with a sword. Whatever, like, you know, historical region you have to be thinking of. And the answer is just, it's just a spear. Because your spear is, Lucas, it's sword, but with more, with more stick. And Carl is about to take off in the background. Yeah, sorry, I'm, um, <laughs> I, I'm doing some washing in the background, and I didn't realise. If that does show up in the, the, the audio, I do apologise. You know, <laughs> trying to like, cover my mic a little bit. But yeah, apparently it was just the spear, because the sword as cool as it looked, was a massive, like, resource sink. But the same amount of metal you'd put into making a sword, you can make, like, four or five spears. Which is just a knife on a stick. And it means you can attack from, like, much further away. It requires much less resources and much less skill to use because all you need to know about when you're using a spear is... uh, Do you want a bit in, like, Shaun at Dead? Yeah. that's, That's all you need to know. You can get any, like, you know, like, illiterate footman from, like, a village you just dragged out of, like, his house five minutes ago, give him one of them and say, eh. Job. That's that. You don't need to know anything else. And you might think, oh, yeah, you know, hand-to-hand combat, one-on-one you're going to lose. Like, that's not what warfare was. Uh, warfare wasn't the two point. guys yeah. with this. It wasn't Jon Snow, was it? It's like, no, when you're, you're encountering, you know, thousands of people... Yeah, and they've all got a big pointy stick that they're jabbing at your face. It's like, yep. yeah, maybe one or two of them are going to get through, and also just the fact that yeah, a spear gives you the option to throw. Yep, it's like you know, it's a it's a missile weapon as well. But I just remember seeing a breakdown of that because everyone always thinks, well, it's the sword, isn't it? And every culture has its own version of a sword. Mm. And it's like, no, it's just knife on a stick. No, it's like not even a knife on a stick. Sometimes it could be just a pointy rock on a stick. Yeah, literally, just, or even just a pointed stick. Just yeah. a pointed stick is like generally enough to like kill most people. Yeah, if, if, if you're jabbing with it hard enough. A very, very pointy large stick and it goes into your face. Yeah, it's gonna oh, probably you, kill you. 
Yeah. Uh, and the, uh, the Wikipedia article continues, the Warhammer was a popular weapon in the late medieval period. It became somewhat of a necessity in combat when armor became so strong that swords and axes were no longer able to pierce and ricochet upon impact. And that's like another thing as well. Like, you know, people talk about like, plate armor mm-hmm. and you see people like knights getting stabbed. It's like plate armor was basically a cheat code. You were, you were effectively invincible. Do you know how like, most knights died on like field of battle? Getting crushed by horses. Get, yeah, um, accidents. They either drown in the mud, they drown in the mud and getting stuck. At which point, people would walk over and stab them mm. because they're so heavy they couldn't move. But like you know, one on one, you couldn't kill someone in plate armor with like stuff underneath. And unless the like, traditional plate armor that people are thinking of as well. I do want to point out, like, yeah, it is a, it is a heavy thing, but people seem to really not understand how light and flexible it actually is compared to what it looks like good good quality stuff yeah mm-hmm. like a lot of people think like no um you know giant guy like you know immobile sentinel like giant fucking six foot tall like a dark souls enemy or something like that it's like yeah. that's not what most armor look like and in fact like it'd be a bad idea to do that because mobility is key and that that's the entire point is like that you know traditional knight plate armor is light enough that you keep most of your mobility. Well, yeah, because most knights rode on horseback, so it couldn't mm-hmm. be so heavy that your horse couldn't carry you and run at, like, you know, a full gallop. Yeah. You know, it, it, it finishes, though, the Warhammer could inflict significant damage on the enemy through through their heavy impact without the need to pierce it. And that's just the thing, isn't it, of, like, just hit it really fucking hard? Yeah, basically. That's the thing, like, if you're wearing, like, you know, full-plate armor, like a sword... Like, even stabbed directly, like, probably ricochet bounce off, you damage the sword. Like, there's all those great videos. Like, one of my favorite video series to go look at the comments of is, here's, like, you know, an ancient katana, or a katana made to the ancient Japanese method. Mm-hmm. Here's a broadsword made from, like, a hunk of iron that we made, like, five minutes ago, and just a guy swinging it. And it yeah. just shatters the katana. It's, like, well, it's a beautifully crafted, um, uh, you know, intricate weapon. It was designed and used in a region where they the armor was made of wood. Like lacquered, like lacquered wood. Yeah. This this was designed to hit people wearing steel. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, a, a katana is like a beautiful weapon. It's very deadly. Very, very effective, yeah. but Against people not wearing play armor. <laughs> like when you, you're coming up against the sword that's like four times its size and weight, what mm-hmm. do you think is going to happen? Well, I think there's... Vid- and then you go read the comments and it's all like fucking weebs being like, well, it's not a proper katana. So they're like, you can do it with a baseball bat. Like, you know, an aluminum baseball bat mm-hmm. would like beat a katana any day of the week if you swung it. If you swung it into a katana, the katana would snap. Like literally, the the you look at a katana even, and like you should be able to just see that that thing is not built to be like a big dramatic again, weapon. Yeah. It's not a big heavy thing. It's something that you're meant to be able to like use very effectively. Again, like mobility. Yeah, it's like, the difference between like a scalpel. A scalpel. No one's going to say a scalpel is not a very dangerous thing in the right hands, but it's the difference between like, you know, a scalpel and a fucking sledgehammer. Yeah. And that's effectively what a, like a warhammer was. And I love the idea of it's like, well, yeah, I'm invincible. You're like, you know, swords just bouncing off, like arrows bouncing off, like they might pierce the, uh, or get into like, you know, the chink in your armor, but then like, you know, it hits the, the chain mail underneath, which is also like almost impossible to get through. And then you've got like laser padding and leather. And all that stuff under there, and then just some guy comes up and just cracks you in the side of a skull. I was like, I don't need to get through your armor, I just need to knock you the fuck out. Because isn't kind of the point of Warhammers, I guess we'll get into it, is like that it can just break your bones, damage your like organs yeah. from 
behind your layers of armor. Like it'll just, yeah. the forces will just crush you from the like inside. It, it's sheer concussive force. Mm-hmm. It's like think of it like you know, um, uh, like getting hit by like you know when you're in a car crash or something like that. It's like you can like you know you can be safe, but inside the thing you can be like you know so what's that? What? Just the coffee going out of the wrong hole. Like you know, just the amount it's coming to a sudden and complete stop is very bad on the body and yeah. cause a lot of like very um, uh, dangerous things to happen, such as like you know your brain hitting the side of your skull and swelling, like compound fractures, internal bleeding. Mm-hmm. And I just love the idea that you could like that's mean the weebs. I just love the idea out there. There's some fucking weeb who's like, yeah, man, the giant katana, like this katana would like stop anybody wearing the full, like, you know, lacquered armor. And just a sledgehammer you could buy for 20 quid would fucking annihilate him. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you could do about it. Or, like, you know, just like I said, an aluminum baseball bat. And again, like, you know, you're going to get the weebs being, yeah, but like a samurai would be so much more effective. Like, we're not talking about the skill of yeah. the user or whatever. If you've got like, one person that's unskilled swinging both weapons, a warhammer probably just going to break the other person. And that's what I love about it. It's like, um, uh, do you know that whole thing of like the more complex things get, there's usually like a very simple solution of like, you know, we've got this, the the intricate art of war, like, you know, like I say, decked head to toe, you're wearing like six layers of armor that takes like, you know, like a footman, like, you know, all day to put on. Mm-hmm. costs like the equivalent of like, you know, a Ferrari in like medieval money, <laughs> you've got like you know a lifetime of training, and just some un- like you know some uneducated peasant with a rock on a stick could take you out. <laughs> Design a warhammer consists of a handle and a head. The length of the handle may vary. The longest I ever found being roughly the equivalent to that of a halberd, five to six feet. Ooh. So a six foot hammer. Imagine the one they use like the Highland Games. Yeah, now, that thing. Like, whoa. I've just whoa. got like an image of like. Link from Tears of the Kingdom when he fuses two weapons together and he's got like yeah. this eight foot long thing and then just starts spinning and he's like, Aah. you know, speaking of which, what's one of the most effective weapons you can make right at the start of the game? Rock on a stick <laughs> or, st- or sword on a stick, which is effectively a spear. Mm-hmm. So it lets you attack from a range where your opponent generally can't hit you. Says, uh, and the shortest was about that of a mace, so two to three feet. So, you know, some variation. Fair, yeah. And here's the question for you, Lucas if you were going to have one, like, what design would you want on your Warhammer? What design would I want? Jokes, they became, say, say they became very intricately designed, and like, you know, people would have like um, uh, all sorts of stuff like carved into them. Because I kind of like Shao Kahn's Great Hammer in okay. Mortal Kombat 11, where you mm. get all the different designs, and one of them is it's just a giant crystal strapped to the end of a stick, <laughs> and he just swings that around like a jackass. See, when you said design, I was thinking like engravings or whatever. Yeah, but for, what would you... for some reason, the first thing that came to my mind was the um, the design for the splatter medal from Halo. Oh, that'd be good. Just put like the little splatter sign on Just your warhammer. And it says that long warhammers work instead of pole weapons or pole arms for the weebs. I say there's not not weebs either, but I think there is a word for hema weebs. There's going to be a word for it, yeah, but I don't There is, yeah, because you have, like, people who are obsessed with, like, anime and manga and all things Japanese, weeaboos. People Mm. who are obsessed with, like, you know, Sherlock and stuff like that and all things British, teaboos. That's that's one of my favourite ones. Yeah, people who are obsessed with, like, World War II and Nazis, which are really weird, like, weeaboos. Like, what is the, like, there's got to be one for, like, historical reenactionists, right? 
Let us know in the comments what you think yours is. Like, what will be the word for that? Hemawoos. The Hemawoos. And it says here, so, and then it says that the longer ones were meant for use on foot, whereas the short ones for use from horseback, which seems counterproductive to me. So I think in my head, I'm like, a longer one would be really awkward to wheel from horseback, but a short one, you could just go. Cool. If, if you think you've just got a, a really heavy object at the end of like a two foot stick, you just, just hold it out as like you, your horse goes past at 20 miles an hour. Isn't that, doesn't that happen in like Game of Thrones? I mean, like, isn't that what happens? Like, Peter, is it like someone just rides past and just cracks you on the back of the head? I mean, probably at some point. I can't remember Game of Thrones very well anymore. Like, I just like distinctly recall in my head like a bit where someone's having like getting ready for a battle and someone just rides past and just cracks him on the back at skull mm. like a big hammer. So either way, yeah, it's like that, yeah. You, I think you think you, maybe not cracking on the back of the head. I can't remember, but because there is that bit where like Ooh, someone no, sure just... it is. I remembered. It's Pirates of the Caribbean. Do you know where, like, um, oh. uh, Will Turner comes out and he's got the swords and he's ready to go save um, uh, Kira Knightley? Because mm. why not? And, like, a pirate goes past him on the back of a blackjack. Oh. Just knocks him out. <laughs> okay, yeah. So they just ride past on a horse. Like, he's ready to battle and there's walk past. Bam! And just, knock, and just collapses and he's out for the count. And he says that warhammers, especially when mounted upon a pole, could in some cases transmit their impact through helmets and cause concussions. Later warhammers often had a spike on one side, making them more versatile. And that's just the thing right there. It's basically an ice pick. Mm. It's like a sword trying to stab. Because that's the thing. It's like most weaponry is designed around either like stabbing, like stabbing and thrusting, mm-hmm. slashing, or like blunt force. And I just think like, yeah, and that's what uh, like the 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 warhammer, like the spike on the end was designed to do, wasn't it? It's like it'd be really difficult to like swing and like put all your force into like a knife stab mm-hmm. into like something like that. But if you just swing it in like centrifugal force on the outside, speed up when you hit with a very little tiny spike, you could punch your armor like that. Oh, that's terrifying. That's basically it's just a giant like, the, knife yeah, on that, a stick. It as you get you know, as you said earlier, it's like it's a simple idea of just like oh. But a big stone and a big spike at the end of a stick and swing yeah. it. I think it's like it's different from a spear because then you have the weight of the hammer itself like empowers your blows. Mm-hmm. And it's like just that thing about, yeah. And that's the thing, that's why like the longer handle ones would be really good. So the longer handle is like the more force generally will like be applied to the end of the swing. But as it's as obviously it. more difficult to wield, yeah. It says it, the, uh, the spike could also be used for grappling the target's armor, reins, or shield. I guess you could, yeah, because obviously it's just that thing. It's like you hook around slightly. Yeah. Mm. Or even just like, you know, you like, if you get something like, oh man, imagine getting hit in the shoulder there with a big spine just dragged forward. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So I don't know whether it's going to get into it, but like, you know, when you say um, Warhammer, another thing that comes to my mind is, you know, kind of like the, the I don't know the word. I'm not big into medieval weaponry or anything. But Neither like, am I now. The kind of combination where it's like one hand one end is like a warhammer, one end's like a big axe. And it Yeah, that it's kind of, you know, <laughs> just even more terrifying from the sounds of it. Do you know what the best weapon would be? If it's the one that Frank West makes in Dead Rising 2, where he just like salotapes a uh, sledgehammer to a fire axe. I mean it's the single best weapon what I'm thinking of, yeah. It's the single best weapon in the entire game. Also, yeah, Frank West is a playable character in Off the Record in Dead Rising 2. Yeah, I just always played the Off the Record version. I didn't play the um, the regular Before one. Before someone West. comes, well, it's Chuck Green in Dead Rising 2. It's like, yeah, okay, 
But Carl played the off-the-record version. Because I prefer Frank West as a character. says, The spike mm-hmm. end, who's for grappling a target's armor and reins, if against mounted opponents, the weapon could be directed at the legs of a horse. Oh, God. Just kneecapping horses. Just getting your misery on the go. Like, that's the thing as well. Of just... Yeah, attack the weak. It's, very, it's, it's brutal, but, you know, you're fighting to the death. Go for the weak point. Yeah, and that's the thing. I know it's a fight to the death. I know it's like... A, an animal that is being used and abused by like the the war the the, war, the army of the mm-hmm. opposition. I don't think I could ever get to a point where like you know my just, my idea right now you go for the leg of the horse, just sledgehammering kneecaps of horses. <laughs> oh, it's like God. welcome to the Grand National, <laughs> <laughs> taking horses out. the The side of a warhammer was usually first to knock out and stun an enemy. And once they're on the ground, they're reversed. To punch a hole through the helmet and deliver the coup de grace, or like you know, finishing blow. A powerful swing from a warhammer can hit its target with a force of several hundred kilograms per square millimeter. This is roughly the same penetrating force as a rifle bullet. Christ. And that's the thing. It's just, and then you think like a sword, you're not going to be able to start, like you know, swing a sword that fast. And that's it's just the difference between like you know, puncturing power and slashing um, power. What about a Buster sword, Carl? The Buster Blade. Well, How Buster much Blade's power like, is in a Buster Blade? I think that's just sheer weight and momentum, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like the yeah. whole like, idea behind like, um, Guts's sword in um, what's it called? Berserk. Mm. It's like the Dragon Slayer. It's like a hunk of raw iron. It's like it's basically just so fucking heavy. The idea of swinging this thing in the first place. Yeah, like if you can swing this at any speed, it's just going to obliterate anything in its path. Yeah, because it's like my uh, the weapon I always used in my Elden Ring runs is the Brick Hammer. Which is literally just a mason's brick on the end of a <laughs> stick, and it's just swing it around like a jackass. Okay, that's and very it's so to good. Mine. It, just, it just pancakes every enemy. It's like uh, my build was mainly magic, so I had a staff, and then just like mm. the Wolverine claw that let you do the dash. Oh, so it's yeah. just like if magic fails, just bring out Wolverine. <laughs> so let's go. The one that I like. Have you ever heard that? Like, it's not. A story, I think, but there's like someone was talking about D and D like campaign ideas, mm. and so I think we should like. Why has there never been like a barbarian in like media who like finds like the fabled sword lost in the stone, but isn't worthy to use it, but just picks it up anyway and uses it as a hammer, <laughs> and just you know, like, has the rock on the end of the sword and uses it like that? God, that'd be super rad. It's like, oh, it's the it's the fabled like you know uh, like Excalibur, but you're not strong enough to pull it out, so you just pick up the entire rock and use it's that. The, it's literally the sword in the stone. Yeah, just use the stone as the weapon. Oh, I thought it was like cool. such a baller idea for like a character design. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, functionally similar but like uh, distinct from the Warhammer is a maul. So a maul is a long-handled hammer with a heavy head of wood, lead, or iron, similar in appearance and function to a modern sledgehammer. I okay. think if I, I was ever in any sort of like, you know, if you get flung back into time mm-hmm. and it's like I'm on the battlefield, I'd just use one of these because I'm quite big. I'm tall right. enough where I could probably swing a sledgehammer around with some pretty decent force. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, is it? Like, you don't need to be skilled to swing a fucking sledgehammer. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little person. I don't think I could swing like a six foot warhammer. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, what's the. I forget what it's called now, so I'm going to look up like the thing in For Honor. Would you know, like in For Honor, they have like the giant Japanese dude who just has like what is a, essentially a baseball bat with nails in it. It's oh, like the right. Japanese. It's like it's the big club, yeah, the Shugoki. Yeah. So it's like the Shugoki. What does he use now? His weapon. Oh, the Kanabo. 
or the Canabo. It's a traditional club, and it's basically just a baseball bat, mm-hmm. but a weapon. And it's effectively like, you know, just very, tempered wood with like nails or like bits of iron put in it. And because, you know, in the days of like the samurai and stuff, like I said, people were wearing armor made of wood, mm. which was very good at def- stopping like stuff like slashing attacks from a sword, but not very good at just baseball swing. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the idea that just eventually, like all warfare will just be bored with a nail in it. The last thing is, like, you know, even to this day, baseball bats are, like, pretty effective weaponry and not against anyone in any kind of armour, but who's wearing armour nowadays? Yeah, but it's just that thing. It's even, like... Well, I like the thing, like, your bulletproof vests, which mm. I, I think even, like, experts say they're not bulletproof. Bulletproof is a misnomer. It's bullet-resistant because nothing can actually ever truly stop a bullet. There's always something that could go wrong. They're not stab-proof, and stab-proof vests aren't bulletproof. Well, they're designed for two different things. Yeah. So the idea that someone wearing bullet, like, you know, the modern equivalent of plate mail, mm-hmm. like, you know, just decked head to toe in like Kevlar or something, you could walk up and stab them. Yeah. And I reckon even then as well, a sledgehammer would still take them out. If you're yeah, like, a baseball bat would still hurt you. Yeah. Like, it's not going to kill you in one hit, but it's going to hurt. It's just the old adage, isn't it? Of like, nothing's so tough that it won't go down if you just keep punching it. <laughs> yeah. Just, I just love that of like all this like advancement in weapons technology, and the greatest thing is just knife on stick and big hammer. Well, I mean, a gun's still gonna kill you. <laughs> it you would, know. but like you know, I just, I just like the idea of just like big hammer. Yeah, don't require any skill. Like no, the no skill win is great. And there's nothing more about the mortar stuff, like, you know, some pictures and stuff. It says, like, you know, also see other weapons. And there's, like, you know, the mace, the poleaxe, like, the horseman's pick, which is, um, it's, it says that actually sounds kind of interesting. What is that? Oh, it's similar to this. It's basically a war hammer, but it's, like, designed for horseback. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, a long, slender handle, like, specifically just, like, stab people in the back of the head as you drive past on a horse. The flail, the mace, like, on the, going to mace you, good boy. You know, in that vein, though, Lucas, like, what's a historical weapon that, like, you kind of like the look of? Because, like, everyone always says, like, broadswords and, like, samurai swords and all that good stuff. But is, like, a more obscure weapon of warfare that well, you kind of like the look it's of? it's not too obscure, um, but it's not a sword, like, mm-hmm. one that I always like the idea of. But I know, like, you know, in this idea of, like, using a weapon, if we got sent back into the past, I'd be too clumsy to use. But I just mm-hmm. like the flail. Oh, just like a, a mace on a stick. Just, <laughs> just like, the, yeah, being able to like get the the swing on the go before you, you pop it into somebody's brain. It does feel like it'd be really fucking dangerous as well. Like, that's the thing. You could do some damage with that thing. And you don't, I don't think you'd need to be that good at like, fighting with it. No. So they talk but, about, you know, swords and stuff of like, oh, you need to learn all these like different forms and all that nonsense. Like, why don't I just walk up and just fucking smack him really hard? But you know when like you're, you're dicking around with like your nunchucks? Yeah, 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 and you accidentally hit yourself. Like, imagine that, but you've got the flail instead. I feel like it's easier just like, with the... you accidentally just pop like the mace ball into your shoulder. <laughs> that would suck ass. Uh, the one for me because like I didn't think it was real. Okay, until I looked and went, "Oh, it is," and it sounds like it's the most terrifying thing ever. It's the urumi or urami, and it is um, a weapon that was used in like ancient India. Not ancient, like you know, like historical India. Mm-hmm. And it's just a sword, but it's bendy. So oh, it's okay. a whip made of steel. Oh. And that's it. And it's just like you just whip it around like an absolute jackass. And it's like, that sounds terrifying. Mm-hmm. 
Like, if you're not wearing... If you've got any exposed skin whatsoever, you're fucked. Yeah. And, like, here's the picture they use on Wikipedia to show you what it is. And just, like, tell me how fucking scary that guy looks. Holy shit. How scary does that dude look? That, that's not a... That's, like, a cat of nine tails. But, the, but it's a cat of nine tails made of, like... You might, you like... But fucking like, made of steel. Do you like uh, when you've got measuring tape? Oh, yeah, And, yeah. like, you press, you press the button, it flips back in, it's all crazy, and, like, you could think that could, like, take your eye out. <laughs> Imagine that, but it's, like, 15 of them. Yeah, that, that does sound, like, absolutely terrifying. Like, genuinely one step away from, um, like, just becoming Ivy from yeah, Salt Calibur. It's, I think it's a step above, because he's got, the guy's got two. That's true. And it's worth pointing out as well that the guy in the picture on Wikipedia is doing it without a shirt on. Mm. That's some confidence right there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, the other one that I like is uh, the chakram. Do you like Xena's chakram? And she throws oh, yeah. like the there's basically the free, the death wrist bit. Because I found out that um, again on in India they would put them on their turbans. Oh right, okay. Now, they yeah. would keep them on like during the ride on horseback. They'd keep chakrams like you know multiple on their personal horse, but they'd also sometimes just keep them on their turbans so they could like go tur- like turban power. And I always yeah, like that the, idea of like weaponized um, turban. Is it Kung Lao, is it, that does that? Mm-hmm. In, uh, in Mortal Kombat, just like the hat with that. the blades on it. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I was imagining then when you said that as well, like there was a Mythbusters episode, I don't know if you've seen it, where they did like the hat that you could like throw and decapitate and then bring their head back. Oh, yeah, yeah you throw it over people's heads. And like, like they were trying to develop. Like, you know, is this a real weapon that could exist? And, like, just see them, like, throwing essentially, like, a hat that drops into a basket that then blades come out and then you try and pull the head off. It's like, yeah, oh, it's that God. thing of, like, it probably could exist, but it'd be way easier to walk up and shoot them. Or if, like, you know, you've been in the time for guns, just walk up and stab them. And my yeah, favorite thing just... is when you watch stuff like that, there's always a fucking weeb who's, like, they're just not using it correctly. Oh, yeah, all the time. And it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Like I said, uh, like... Go look them up if you can. Just videos of like katana versus baseball bat, and all the weebs <laughs> in the comments have been like, "Well, if it was like you know fourteen thousand times folded Japanese, it'd still fucking suck because it was fundamentally not designed to deal with this, and that's okay." Yeah, it's, it's it wasn't it's designed very good at doing what it was designed to do, but it's not designed to get hit by a sledgehammer because that didn't exist like the Kenobo. And mm. I looked at some pictures of like actual real ones, and they look fucking like one of them just like got a railroad spike. Oh, it's yeah. just a railroad spike, and I was like, "That'd be terrifying." I um, just I someone swinging around a fucking like big hunk of steel. Do you want to say for like my, you know the weeb side of me? Yes. Uh, the other weapon that I want to bring up is just like the idea of like meteor hammers and like you know kind of like the rope dart things. Oh, but, like, yes. Instead yes, yes, of yes. it being like you know necessarily a blade, just the giant, just like you know. Heavy item at the end of rope, and I'm gonna fuck you up with it. Is that the Kursi Gamma then as well? Which is like a sickle on a chain, like a weight at the end. Oh god, yeah. Like, which is like you know that'd be terrifying. But yeah, I just like thought we could talk about you know some dumb historical weapons. Mm-hmm. And the, just I love the idea that you know even back then, rock still wins. Like doing those like paper, like paper, scissors, stone. Nah, man, rock. And that's the thing. Good, good like, old rock. Nothing beats that. Warhammers are very effective, but it is that rock, paper, scissors idea of like, you know, one thing is better than another in this scenario. And like, there's a reason that we develop many different types of weapons. It's like, not 
One is not the internet call. <coughs> there you go. My you internet drop. Yeah. Um, just do like do the end, uh, the end outro part if you like. I think that's it. Well, you know, I was just saying before my internet dropped out that you know, there's many different types of weaponry, and they're all good in different scenarios, and that's why we course, have yeah. many different weapons. One doesn't always win in every scenario, but yes. yeah. And- and they're all designed for very specific purposes. And the fact that we can even make them fight against one another was not completely unheard of. And in fact, something that people back then would have... If you told like a katana maker, what would he do against a, an entirely steel sword? They'd be like, what? How, how would you even make that? How, how, that process doesn't exist within the confines of our geography. I can't even fathom a situation where that would ever occur. I, I and the same thing with like, uh, genuinely wouldn't makers. even know if like katanas were steel or not. That's they were, but what I means like you know it's the giant hunk of one, like the, right? Yeah. The explanation for like why they were had to be folded so many times is because you know there's very little steel mm. in Japan. Like it doesn't have many like you know ore deposits, which is why stuff like steel armor was virtually unheard of. Because like why would you, why would you do that? Yeah. Like, like one like one like you know armor set for someone commit like fifty thousand arrowheads. Fair. Whereas, like, you know, in Europe, like, it was a lot more plentiful. So we can mm. make more bullshit with it. And so, you know, this is an interesting facet of, um, like, geography. Yeah. But, Carl, I guess uh, I need to run the toilet, so... Yeah, no problem. I'm just no, sitting here, like... Oh, you just do, you do like, the um, uh, the Patrick Bateman, like, the, yes, <laughs> yes, very interesting. But I'm not listening, but very interesting. All my head right now is, like, I need to go. So we'll return in a second to... Um, uh, Cover your wiki entry, and hopefully people weren't too annoyed about all that. The thing is, though, that's going to piss off both Warhammer fans and fucking weebs, and I'm good, I'm good with that. Carl just woke up and chose violence. Literally. And we are back, Carl. Oh, that's hot. Sorry. Just Carl annihilating his mouth. Just took a sip of my coffee. It's like, oh, yes, freshly brewed. Ah! <laughs> just, oh, no, the death is here. Oh. All I can just see is this ripped Indian dude who's two whips. Like, what? Like, my blood bomb I, I got very confused then. I was like, wait, what? Where's this coming from? Yeah. Uh, sorry, my Elden Ring build of two whips. Oh, God. Challenge this. Parry this, you fucking that, casual. That, that, that was a thing, wasn't it? Like, people just invading with, like, double bleed whips or something. <laughs> so broke. The most Fuck broken you. one was double pole arms. Because a pole arm, like, like the... Two side arm, like two sword on each side. You'd mm. think dual handing that'd be the best, but it's like no. If you carry two at once, for some reason, its jumping <laughs> attack hits eight, it hits eight times or oh something stupid, which is enough to proc bleed every single time on dual bleed pole arms. Oh my god! So all people are doing is running with dual pole arms, just jumping and going quack 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 quack, and you're dead instantly. This is why I never turned on invasions because there's no point. No, I had it once where like I was co-oping and someone came in because I think like. Co-op automatically means that you can get invaded, and like mm-hmm. we just never had a chance because someone just came and like top tier build and annihilated us. Like, the only thing I think is better than that is um, where like the, it's the exact opposite of playing Monster Hunter. Where in <laughs> Monster Hunter, if you turn co-op on, I think the way I saw it summed up is like Monster Hunter is great for co-op if you're struggling. You just ask for help, and four max level Japanese players come up and kick the shit out of the monster for you in like five minutes. And that's every time, like, no matter what you're playing, it's like, oh, I'm struggling. Four max level players come in and kick the shit out of it for you. Mm-hmm. You just, just you kill fire it. off the flare, wait a couple of minutes, and then just the squad. 
Just he's basically like a SWAT team comes in, fucking just <laughs> annihilates it. And it's like it's the opposite of um, Elden Ring, where it's like or oh, a Souls game, where mm. like, you know you ask for help, and just some max level dude comes in and pushes your shit in. Oh god! But we're not talking about either of those, Carl. Um, no, what are we talking about, Lucas? <clears throat> we're talking about me trying to clear my throat. Okay. But, you know, obviously, before we get into things, just a quick little bit of housekeeping. Of course, yes. And I'm going to try to not just, like, cough my throat out while I say it. No, cough um, more. <clears throat> I love it. But, yeah, um, if you'd like to contact us for, for business purposes, not for personal reasons, then yell you at can... Us. Contact us to yell at us. You can yell at us in the comments. That's already a thing, all right? But if you want to contact us for any business reasons, mm-hmm. um, wikiweekends at gmail.com. Um, just want to remind anyone that when we say this, like, just, I know that not everyone necessarily has, you know, experience writing any kind of business email, but don't just write like, hello, or I have business for you, because that's just going to get ignored. Well, here's the easiest way to do it. It's like, um, the best way to approach a business email is the same way you would like an opening line on Tinder of you want the person to know everything that you're trying, like, you don't want the person to be asking you questions because mm-hmm. you're trying to get their attention. Like you're like, itching is what you're yeah. doing. So it's like when someone says, like, oh, I never get any response on Tinder. It's like, what are you sending? Hey, 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 hey. So mm-hmm. you're selling yourself. Like you're selling, so when you send a business email, don't say, hey, I've got a business proposition for you. Tell us what that business proposition is and what benefit it offers to us and what you're willing mm-hmm. to offer. Like, so it just saves everyone time. Yeah. yeah. Time is exactly. money. But yeah. Um, Same thing like Tinder, just straight in. It's like, look, my name's this, (laughs) dick's this big, I'm free on this day, let us know. Don't Don't, do that. Don't tell me or anyone on dating sites what your penis is like. My chat line recently is, do you want to go see the Barbie movie? And it's useless because every girl's already seen it. (laughs) I keep asking girls on Tinder, I'm actually, oh, do you want to go watch the Barbie movie as a first date? I've already seen it. See, what you should do is say, do you want to go see Oppenheimer? And, and then like, if no. they say no, it's three hours and sounds boring, then you know that's a good person. Mm. You know you should go on a date with them. And uh, I'm sure Oppenheim is a great movie, but goddamn, I don't want to watch three hours on like the murder of a bunch of people. Yeah, I don't need to watch a three-hour movie to tell that nuclear weapons are bad and that he felt bad about it. You know what you could do? You could read the wiki page on Oppenheimer in like five minutes and you'd be fine. Do you know what I like about that as well? Is like before the film came out, people were like, I don't really fancy watching a film glorifying the like, you know, the greatest and I mean greatest in terms of like scale, like war criminal mm-hmm. in human history. There were legit people like, Well, you've not even seen the film yet, how do you know it's about that? And it's like, well, oddly enough, it's based on real events. <laughs> it's you know, you say great as in like, yeah, the Great War, for example, scale, is yeah. the World War, yeah. Scale. Great as in terms of like the sheer scale of what he was dealing with. I'm just um, putting this here so I can like, you know, make sure that my screen doesn't go off. But, so it's know, almost like I've got a little mouse in my hands, though, isn't it? When you, you catch a mouse, you're like, look, you've got a little mouse. <laughs> Ignoring all of that aside, we'll mm. move on to, to my wiki entry. Your wiki, yes. And Carl, you talked about, you know, a- ancient ways of fighting, Carl. I did, yes. Ancient and, relative to how old we are. Exactly. And I'm gonna I'm gonna bring, you know, modern warfare. Into the mix. Well, we talked about that two weeks ago, didn't we? Modern Warfare no, 2. Not Modern Warfare 2 specifically, because we're talking about esports, Carl. <sighs> but, 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 with the caveat 
of we're not talking about like the broad range of esports. Because obviously, you know, I know that you watched Evo over the weekend. I did watch Evo over the weekend. It so, was very strange to watch Evo. Do you know almost every single grand finals was a mirror match? Well, I, I know that one was a mirror match because I've only watched Almost one, every single but, one. Yeah. So people um, don't know what mirror match means. Like they, the people playing use the same character, including in Ultimate Marvelous Capcom 3, which is a three-person fighter. So you get the choice of three characters across from 50 characters. Both players in the finals pick the same three characters in the same order. The same is true of Dragon Ball Fighters, which has the same system. The exact same. is the one I want to talk about today, Carl? Dragon okay. Ball Fighters. Dragon Ball Fighters, okay. And literally, just like we're recording at the start of August, and I watched Evo Grand Finals last night for Dragon Ball Fighters, and I was like, I really want to just talk about fighters because it's cool. Okay, so as we need to clarify, then you're not talking about esports; you're talking about the FGC because there is we're an animosity about of sorts. Sports, weeaboo sports. No, there is a, an animosity of sorts between esports and the fighting game community because esports is altogether more business driven. Mm-hmm. Whereas yes. the FGC is more grassroots driven, it's more personality and person driven. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way to like, draw the distinction between the two is Evo, like you said yesterday, had the highest number of entrants. I think like in total, like 15,000 people entered. Right. And that included some of the best players in the world and also people on the street. Mm-hmm. And whereas esports is because it's all leagues. Yes. So you can't, for example, the League of Legends, you can't just go to the League of Legends championships and say, I'm pretty good at League, can I play? They won't let you, you can't in. just enter pools and hope for the best. No, you have to be part of a massive team which has money and resources, and it's very much handled like a business. Mm-hmm. The FGC is very different. Like If you're pretty good at fighting games, you can just walk up to any local tournament and enter. Pay like your dollar, your $5, sometimes mm-hmm. not pay anything. And if you're good enough, you can get in. And I think that's actually kind of wholesome of that Evo. Anyone can win. And that even no, the best person, nobody's don't win generally, but like, but they enter. The theory is that anyone can enter. Like, you look at that. There's many a time that not necessarily random people that have just come off the street and never been in a tournament, but that you know what are considered like lower tier players or mm-hmm. players with a lot less history in that game will, you know knock people out or knock people into like the loser's bracket. Yeah, just the idea as well that the best player in the world still has to play in pools. Mm-hmm. Like you could get matched up against someone who's won the tournament three times. Like, and you can't pitch that in. That's almost entirely unique to like fighting games and stuff like that because what other like competitive sports, because it is a sport, you know, a sport is like, you know, you know, organized competition between mm-hmm. two individuals or more. Like, what other one can you think where like the best people in the world still have to slum it down in um, uh, the pools? They've still got to prove that they're worthy to get to the final. They don't. Well, they're just their appearance in the final is not guaranteed. One thing I found interesting is that, um, <coughs> like, I've um, one one second. No problem. Got the calf. Is he calf? Gaga train. Apologies for everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Um, but is that I was looking, uh, mentioned it to you briefly, like, do uh, you know, the Pokemon, like, video game tournament scene. Yeah. And they're, yeah, so- they're kind of introducing the idea that, like, the winners of, like, the last big tournament will actually, like, 
qualify automatically. It's like, mm-hmm. that's not a thing yet. It's like, everyone has to just slum it at the bottom. Yeah, and there altogether. is some, you know, and I'm not saying like esports are bad. There is some benefits to having, uh, like, you know, money behind it, such as prize pools. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when League of Legends players, like, you know, they're earning, in some cases, millions of dollars, which is more akin to what someone in a sport would earn. Like, sportsmen do earn absorbing money and sponsors and stuff like that. But the community aspect is kind of lost because it's yeah. it's like, you know, when you're watching football, you don't ever think, I could be there one day. Mm-hmm. You don't watch, like, foot, like you know, the World Cup and think, I could be there. Whereas you watch, like, someone play Dragon Ball Fighters or, you know, Pokemon. It's like, you could go. Mm-hmm. You could just go. You don't need any, like, if you've got the game and a controller and the means to get to a local tournament, you can go and you could compete and you could win. Yeah. And, like, look at the response to Street Fighter Six having a prize pool for the, I think it's the Capcom Cup, not even. Million dollars, yeah. Of, like, a million dollars, and people are like, holy shit, like, that is so much for a fighting game. And, yeah, as you say, for other esports where it's more league-based, that's, like, yeah, that, that's just what kind of money you win. And that's the thing, it's, like, it's, it's more impressive about a million dollars when people think, oh, league players win millions as well, but that's split between, it's the organization that wins that. Mm. And it just feels, yeah. it feels more corporate to yeah, me. Yeah, definitely, like, and, like, you know, a lot of it is, and then you've obviously got things like the Capcom Cup, which are, again are a bit more corporate and stuff. And like Evo is obviously corporate to a degree. Oh, it's sponsored you, by Chipotle. You still have, yeah, but you still have that element of like you can go and you can yeah. compete. That's the this, uh, the thing that I appreciate most about it is that anyone can go in. Like if you've got money, not like you know a large, like you've got the ten dollars to pay your entry fee and a controller, you can mm-hmm. walk in and play. Yeah. And then and also, like, you know, the money to get to Vegas and pay for mm-hmm. a hotel and all that But yeah, well, there are online tournaments, right? We work with yeah. um, Rips Arena, you know, and mm-hmm. like, you know, shout outs to Rips, hosts, uh, you know, like online weeklies every night of the week, pretty much for Mortal Kombat oh, wow. 11 that anyone mm-hmm. can enter. All you do is go to his Discord, say, yeah. like, you know, does it on multiple platforms, just enter. You could have a chance. Like, you know, we I helped him host one, win awards worth like $1,000. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, we we both play fighting games to a degree, but neither mm-hmm. of us are like people that have really gone to tournaments or anything in any no, no, no. serious amount of manner. I like to say I'm pretty good at some of them now. Yeah, and one that you are pretty good at, as far as you know, as far as I'm concerned, anyway, is Dragon Ball Fighters. Yes. So you play quite a lot of Dragon Ball Fighters, right? I was playing some like last week. Yeah, I just booted it back up in preparation mm-hmm. for Evo, just to familiarise myself with all the new mechanics. Yeah, because I'm sure we'll talk about it, but like the craziness every time when I'm like watching another year's worth of like Evo finals of Dragon Ball Fighters, and I'm like, the game's changed so much again. For the better, though, it's, it's, yes, it's, it's yeah. such a fun game. It's a very good game, and I it I think it's very very hard to argue that this is the best Dragon Ball game we've ever got. Yeah, people always talk like that. Someone out there is going like, oh, like Tenkaichi Three is better because like you can do the fusions and the installs. So like, in terms of like presentation, quality, and just like love for the source material, Dragon Ball Fighters might be the best like, adaptation of that series. Yeah, you can't made. play as two hundred characters like you can in Tenkaichi, but you ain't got like Kui or Apoon. <laughs> Damn it, Carl! You ain't got Where's like free. Kui? Where's Freezer Soldier number one? Like, where's like, suit, like, Ultra Baby six or whatever? It's like, no, but 
sheer presentation, quality, and just love. It's like, oh, it's, 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 it's premium. It is, it's really premium. And it's Dragon Ball Fighters pronounced the, Fighters, which yeah. is just. Which took, it took me a long time to pronounce it Fighters instead of Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which sounds way cool. It's called Dragon Ball Z. And then they make a game <laughs> called Dragon Ball Fighter with a Z at the end, and they pronounce it Fighters, not Dragon Ball Fighter Z. It's so dumb. It it's so so dumb. And like for the longest time, I was one of those people. No, I don't care what the developers say. It's Fighter Z. It's and Fighter it, Z. Yeah. It, it it is Fighters, but like Fighter Z just works so much better. Yeah, and it sounds stupider, which is like anime. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's just oh dear. And it, this this is a 2.5D fighting game developed by Arc System Works, one of the best in the business for the, the 2D fighter category. My God, I, I don't play much of it, but there was like, at Evo, there was the announcement of like the new Grand Blue Fantasy game. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, why does this look so fucking good? Like, how is it that they don't just have the license to make every anime thing with this engine? <laughs> Like, I don't understand how like, like One Piece and My Hero Academia are not knocking on, like beating down their front door like make a fucking My Hero Academia fighting game. That if, looks this good. If we got a One Piece fighters one day, A, that would be incredible, and B, they would have a license to print money in the sense of like, you have an unlimited nearly amount of DLC fighters you can add into that game. We've got that for Dragon Ball. It's like me and my friend who watched it this weekend were really upset that there's not more DLC. I mean, me too, yeah, but, like, you know, Dragon Ball, realistically, what, you can add, like, 100 characters in, whereas One Piece is, like, yeah, make that 500. I guess, yeah, because um, the thing about fighters that many people don't know is that, every, like, regardless of, like, if some characters that are in that game are iconic, but have had, like, a grand total of, like, three minutes of screen time. Mm. Like, Cooler, for example, like, he fights for a grand total of, about like, five minutes, but he's an iconic and has, character. Like, two unique moves. Yeah, but they give him a full move set that references everything. Mm-hmm. And there are really great breakdowns of, like what moves and parts. Of, like everything like his low jab and stuff is a reference to a manga panel. Right. But yeah. with like One Piece, I guess all these characters not only appear have like probably at least a dozen episodes of story, but also a lot of fight scenes to draw reference from as well. And even if they they don't like a lot of the time, it's the same that. Especially later on, as the arcs get like bigger, but you know, mm-hmm. even from like pretty much day one with One Piece, is every arc kind of introduces a new set of characters because the premise of One Piece is the island hopping as a pirate. Yeah. So when you get to a new island, you meet a new cast of characters on that island, and then you go to New Island where you meet new characters, and it's like, yeah, the, there's just twenty four years worth of like anime and manga and stuff or you know however many years it's been like i think it's about 24 with one piece but yeah there's just literally over a thousand episodes and just arcs upon arcs of new characters where you yep. can just pull from whereas like every fighters, time I see it, yeah. you know dragon ball normally has like a couple of new adversaries every arc but the core cast stays the same for the most yeah it's like every time i see like dragon ball fighters in motion i'm like what i would not give for a my hero academia game that looks like this oh yeah yeah. What I would not give. Because like, it's just, if people have not seen Dragon Ball Fighters in motion, it looks better than the anime. Like, <laughs> it, it straight up looks better than the anime. Mm-hmm. Like in motion. And it's flawless. And it, it's just, as you say, I wish there's so many different 
anime property specifically that I would absolutely adore. In that, Arc that system engine. works with that engine. Look at how good Guilty Gear Strive looks. Guilty Gear is like one of those things where I, I saw it. I'm not really too tempted to play it, but then I saw it in motion. I was like, yeah, fuck, this looks so good. So good. Why does it look so good? Oh, dear. And, you know, we, we're not talking about Guilty Gear Strive. We, we're we've not got one sentence in with the, where we're just gushing about Dragon Ball. It's so good. It is. And... Based on the Dragon Ball franchise, this game was released on PlayStation 4, Windows, and Xbox One in most regions in January 2018, and then Japan in the following month. Um, it did quite in Japan first? No, apparently not. Um, I just assumed it was a worldwide release, because most games are nowadays, but yeah, mm-hmm. a month later in Japan, and then it was released worldwide for Nintendo Switch in September 2018. And I, I didn't realise it was that soon after, because it felt like we waited ages for the Switch version. But yeah. The Switch version is pretty good. Yeah, I've got the Switch version. It runs surprisingly well, considering. It's like it's all, yeah, Arxis are really, really good at yes. making... That's the thing, as well, Dragon Ball Fighters, I think in total, with all the DLC, is like 12 gig. Like, it's really, really... like It's way, way smaller than you'd think, given like how good it looks, because they've optimised the living fuck out of it. I remember seeing someone say, like, Dragon Ball Fighters takes like less than 20 gig. Marvel Infinite takes up 60. Oh, God, with those... God, ugly characters. Yeah, because it's the Unreal Engine. And the yeah, Unreal I... Engine is... And that's the thing, there's some good-looking games. Like, Tekken's on the Unreal Engine. Tekken looks real good. Yeah. And but... like, that thing is, uh, you know, Dragon Ball Fighters, is, it says 2.5D fighting game because, like, yeah, the character models are all 3D, but they make them just... They, they do God's work to make them look the like cell anime shaking, characters. Yeah. And, you know, there's... um. A really interesting video by Boundary Break of like going and looking at what all of the characters are posed like in their supers to make it look like you know anime, anime moments panels, yeah. and they they have to like stretch and squash these three D models and then change you know change the camera's perspective to make it look like a dramatic moment and it's actually like ridiculous and insane. Yeah, because the one that like you're probably thinking in your head is the Gohan. Um, one arm super one of the isn't best it? Ones. Like the yeah. one arm Kamehameha wave, where he shows like he spins around and then he shows like his hand next to his face and he's as the push forward. Mm-hmm. And like if you zoom out, well, his model's got a giant hand. It's it like a dumb. giant hand back here, but because of the way the camera's angled and the perspective on it, it looks awesome. And that's like a, a skill that Arxis have. And it's, have you ever seen that? I think it was in Encanto, where like um, the visual director or someone who works on that pointed out like oh here's how we got um uh, the bit where she's looking into the book and she gets the flash on her face and her oh, arms okay. are like bent in like 15 different directions to get the exact <laughs> angle because it's framed from the front it looks fine yeah and i think they explain like this is why ai will never take over what we do or it will always be like a poor facsimile of it because an ai would never figure this out an ai um, would never think to deliberately break the proportions of the character because it can't see it from the perspective that we're going to view it from and That's for that reason, it would never be able to do it. Even if it knows how to do that because it's learned from other people, it would only be able to recreate what they've done. That in exact the past. thing. Yeah. It would not be able to envision from the human perspective. It does. It lacks literal perspective. At least the way we understand AI to you know this very moment. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like you could talk concepts of like, well, in a thousand years, AI could be this. It's like, yeah, but the understanding we have of it right now, it could not 
create a new way to break a character to change perspective and have no. those cool moments. It would only ever be able to mimic what other people have done, and most importantly, it lacks the ability to extrapolate upon that. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't know why. Um, it's like that yeah. old quote about um, uh, the guy who directed, I think it's like, uh, is it Battlefield Earth, whatever, is that terrible Scientology movie? Where it's like Roger Ebert says, the director knows that better filmmakers tilt their camera during dramatic scenes, but they do not know why. That's what AI is. Oh, like it, it's um, been going around not long ago where like AI recreates quote unquote Wes Anderson style. Yeah. And, and it understands like, it, what a Wes Anderson movie looks like, but it doesn't understand. It why. doesn't know why Wes Anderson does what he does. It just mm. knows, well, like frame things in this kind of way. And it's, like, why. It, it's just like <clears throat> this horrible soulless thing that makes no sense. But that's anyway. the thing, like that's the skill that artists have as well. It's a very underappreciated skill they have of just the model tweaking. Mm-hmm. And like you know, what have we got? What can we do with it? Yeah, and just the, the the amount of different things. Like you know, go look up some videos on it because they do some amazing things to get the games looking the way that they do. A lot of shortcuts as well, you wouldn't know. It's like, I point mm. out Cells, level three, the solar Kamehameha wave. Mm. Where like, he does, like, you and the Earth will be destroyed, and it shows the rocks coming up. One of the rocks goes past the screen. And as the rock right. goes past the screen, it changes perspective back to Cell. That's mm. like a filmmaking technique. That's like a, that's a wipe shot. Yeah, yeah. But the fact, you know, they think of doing that. It's like, okay, the rocks are going up, but one goes past the screen. Then during the split <laughs> sequence away from the screen, we can shift the model around because mm-hmm. the perspective would look strange otherwise. Yeah, that's really clever. Th- these little details, like, oh. And it's why, you know, not the the reason why. There's many reasons why, but this is just one of my favorite fighting games mm-hmm. behind, like, you know, we love our Super Smash Bros. But, Nothing uh, will ever top that. Ultimate, not melee, because, yeah. you know, we wash. <laughs> but, you know, it's like... No, I think just you this, just, this you game should, is yeah. incredible. You summed up Smash Bros. the best, where like we were having a discussion where we were like 10 beers deep one evening. It's like, why is Smash Bros. so good? And you just turned to me, and you did that thing that people do when they're like a bit high, but you, <laughs> you, you never made more sense. You went, it's because it's the only fighting game where when you're in the moment, you play by instinct. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, there's, when you play like fighters, you land a hit. Okay, I know that I can do this, 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 and this. I know that this will work because the mechanics say that it will. In Smash Bros, because there are infinite variables that can be controlled by both yourself and your opponent, it's pure instinct. You're playing Mm. not the game, you're playing against the person. And that's why it feels so good, because you don't just, you beat the person. And you just, yeah, I've always stuck with that. You play by instinct. Yeah, you do. And that's that's why I love it, because it's not memorization of like combos where, you know, I find that quite difficult. And I've, I've, had it little bits in the past. Like I really got into um, Injustice one and two, and like mm-hmm. learned a, a few like you know big Harley Quinn combo chains and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like generally speaking, I'm not great at doing that, and that's what most fighting games are relying on. And Smash Bros is not. Yeah, that's what um, I'm good at because I've got that weird man thing of repetition. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways I used to relax during the pandemic is I just sit for hours at a time in the lab on Dragon Ball Fighters just doing combos because like you know just constant repetitive motion and like you know slowly like you know figuring stuff out and perfecting um, these combos and getting like eking out extra damage was very mm. therapeutic for me yeah yeah I remember like 
just the amount of times I've, I'd speak to you and you're like, yeah, I'm just labbing in fighters and just, I don't really have the the like focus to just sit there and, mm-hmm. and be like in the training room, in I the f- hyperbolic time chamber, if you will. And I straight up discovered shit in that game. Mm-hmm. Like there's stuff that I discovered in that game that I, I think I'm the first person to notice or figure out because it was unoptimal as shit. <laughs> I like figured out I can do like multiple vanishes in one combo and stuff like that. It's the amount of times when you'd be like, oh yeah, I I figured out how to do this. It uses like three more bars and does a little bit less damage than the optimum combo, but it looks cool as fuck. Yeah. And um yeah, it's it's very interesting watching a game like that at Evo where, you know, the commentator the the commentators have like such a, a like wide knowledge on the Mm-hmm. Um, game as well that like they'll be halfway through a combo and be like oh yeah okay this character they've, they've got enough damage here to kill this character yeah if it's optimal and they, they just know because like they it again it's memorizing these combos and stuff mm-hmm. and like that's the gameplay and it's it's very exciting game to watch like it, yeah a three on three fighter there's a lot going on the combos can be like a hundred hits long but I, I I think people should like give watching like grand finals a shot of some of these games on Evo because yeah the you know again the commentators they do try their best to kind of like be very informative and use a lot of um you know technical jargon but at the same time like try and let people know what's going on yeah it's like yeah just if you like Dragon Ball why would you not want to watch it's like the hypest Dragon Ball shit you've ever seen. Why would you not want to see like Gogeta versus Gogeta versus Gogeta? Which you can like, do. Oh, the fucking Vegeta, Vegito Gogeta Android 17 versus Vegito Gogeta Android 17. Mate, it gets better. You can have Gogeta Super oh, Saiyan. No, I just meant because the final. No, that was the final. Yeah, you can have yeah. Gogeta Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan, Vegito Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan, <laughs> Gogeta Super Saiyan 4 versus. <laughs> Um, Goku, Super Saiyan Blue, Vegeta, Super Saiyan Blue, and um, uh, Gotenks. Mm-hmm. That, that's like 16 characters, mate. <laughs> oh, it is incredible. And uh, the, the raw versions for PS5 and Xbox Series S slash X that are in the works, along with an update adding rollback netcode. And is Which this is. out of date, or is this like legit? Now, they announced that uh, just before Evo started, they released an announcement saying we're not making an announcement. Because the, my hope would be, my, me and my friend who watched it, was like, oh, are they going to do an announcement of like a, a re, you know, a full version? Because there's not a full mm. version of a game that exists. Like a full version of all the DLC for PS5. Yeah, there's not, with, yeah. Or, you know, another season with more like DLC characters. It was like nothing. And do they, have they not added rollback netcode yet? Nope. Do you know what's really funny, though? Um, during Evo, there was like, oh, here's like the indie fighting game announcement. Every single shitty indie fighting game made by three people's got rolled back. Yeah. Every single one. Uh, it Was that a year or was it two years ago that they announced rollback netcode? I don't know, but I do remember, though, when they said, uh, you're going to put rollback into Tekken. And mm. the guy in charge went, it's already in there. And when someone said, no, it's not, he went, do you know what rollback is? And like, yeah, I put it in my game. It's not in oh. Tekken, and he blocked them. <laughs> and uh, like, I'm not going to get into what rollback netcode is, but just generally, the idea is that like it just works. It, it just it is the best netcode that we currently have for 
using for like you know a fast-paced fighting game and every game that has it feels like you sat next to the person even from the other side of the world mm-hmm. so ju- just the fact that this game doesn't have it in yet is a bit of a letdown mm-hmm. um so i think it starts to be playing online yeah because even when you're on wired it's like just people shit connection starts having fun yeah and you know every time i've tried that game online it's like Ah, yes. I, I haven't played this game in three months. Oh, this person's got 10,000 fights on their record. This is going to yeah. go well. So I always put the one of, like, I booted it back up after, like, an update once. So I, the game is entirely different from when I played it, like, six months prior. When mm-hmm. it's a one match, in a casual match, a guy who's played, like, 20,000 matches came in, zero to death me on everything, and then just spammed um, uh, uh, high skill only, and then quit. <laughs> and just sent me a DM of saying uninstall. <laughs> and that's like you know the less savory aspect of the fighting game community is a lot of like ego attached to it because it's very personality driven mm-hmm. and a lot of the people who do it tend to be quite young and young people yeah. are assholes. Yeah. like the finals for Evo of the Dragon Ball Fighters the guy mm. who came second as soon as he lost just stood up and stood on his phone oh just like, really? he, just, he just pulled his phone out and he was sat like this like while they're trying to give him like his silver medal is on his phone it's just that thing of like, wow. I get it, you're salty, but you've lost. But yeah. fucking come on, it just looks so bad. Yeah, like people that. not shaking hands and stuff like that. It's like, I get it. But if, if you want it to be taken seriously as a competitive thing, you need to have sportsmanship. There needs mm-hmm. to be sportsmanship here. That's what like, you know, competition relies on. It thrives on the idea that at the end of it all, no matter how hard fought the battle was, you shake each other's hand. Yeah. Muhammad Ali would shake people's fucking hand after, like, you know, boxers shake each other's hand after they knock 10 balls of shit out of each other. You're playing a fighting game. And Calm I was down. just watching the video on demand. I didn't stream it or anything. And, like, I just skipped past, you know, I just went from game to game to yeah. game. And I skipped all the, like, proceedings and stuff. I didn't notice anyone, like, at least, like, you know, throwing controllers across the stage yeah. or anything like that. Which There was nothing like that that I saw, but it's just that thing of, like, you know, but just still. sit... Sitting on your phone, like not congratulating your opponent and stuff like that. It's just, it just looks bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I get it, you're young, there's a lot of pressure, but it, it's, just, it's just an element that I, so it leaves a sour taste because it makes it hard to recommend. It's like the thing as well of like being like barely any like female players or commentators and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like the Smash Bros documentary a few years ago, we like to reference where they have an entire section of... So people don't know, there's a four and a half hour documentary on Smash Bros. Melee that mm-hmm. talks about how opening, or how open and welcoming the community is. That ends on like a, a call for anyone watching at home to go find your local Smash Bros. scene and join in. There is like a one bit, two hours in, it's about five minutes long, and they pay lip service to the fact there's not been a single female player interviewed during the entire thing. Hmm. And they have like one woman come in who talks about her experience of it being like horribly misogynistic and sexist in a boys' club, and then you have a and player who they ask straight up, like, "Hey, is 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 this is this good?" And he goes, "Oh, well, you know, that's the way it's always been." Mm-hmm. It's like cool, and they even you know they question them on the the terminology that yeah. they use a lot of the time with like, they straight the up just like ask them and. And it's like, oh, do you think like maybe you should like change the way that you, you talk to to people and like act so that maybe it's more welcoming as a community, especially to women? And they're like, well, you know, it hasn't been a problem until now. It's like, well, it clearly has because there's no women playing the game. And that's and the, the thing. Like that... the one woman, as you say, that they 
the interview was like, yeah, the community kind of turned me off and I don't play anymore. Like, and, they, cool. and they put this yeah. in the documentary and without a shred of self-awareness end it by saying it's such a welcoming wholesome community you should join in it's like well apparently not if you're a woman because the only woman you've interviewed says explicitly it wasn't for her because you crowd her out yeah. and thankfully there has been strive the steps taken to um, uh, mitigate that like Evo they had a lot of like female commentators on a lot of like female hosts oh that's like, good because the death there was there was not like a whiff of a female involved with the fighter stuff, so like I, I wasn't sure how, how well it, it was. Uh, yeah, it'd been done across the tournament because I've only been exposed to the fighters uh, section so far. They're trying the best. It's that thing, isn't it? Of like, um, it's similar to chess, mm. where like chess is very slowly trying to become more inclusive because it's fucking chess. Why does it matter? But yeah. you have the old hands. Like, people don't know chess is... They do have gendered chess tournaments. Like, they have men-only chess tournaments that they don't let women join in. Right. It's like, why? It's chess. It's and a game. It's the same thing for, like, uh, darts or other, you know, um, sports where, you know, the physical differences wouldn't make a lick of difference. It's skill-based, not physicality-based, and it's still... So, maybe one day, eh? <laughs> I just noticed your cup was you got the gamer cup. Eat, sleep, game, repeat. My mug that was bought as a present unironically, but now I use ironically. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love I love those kind of things of like, yeah, the eat, sleep, game, repeat. And it's like, I don't buy this because it looks cool. Like someone bought for me because they don't understand like what gaming things are cool and what are not. As like I said, like one of the hottest things I've ever seen is uh, my, my ex-girlfriend, like her sister, she like wore a hat that said Fortnite on it. <laughs> like ironically, it's just that thing. It's like, yeah, it's so funny. Um, but I mean, we haven't really got into the no, Wikipedia page about at all. Just that's um, it. We did, you don't need to, just, did you? No, what? I basically just wanted to to mention the fact that the Wikipedia page exists for fighters, and I guess people can go read it. But like, I just wanted to talk about how cool fighters is, and like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. Um, I, we try and talk about community aspects and like obviously the Smash Bros stuff there's a lot worse controversies that went on there that we won't delve into today but like it is a shame that the community is like so you know unapproachable at times and yeah. even worse at other times but like I, I hope that hopefully you know we can strive to make things better and make it so that like, yeah, more people can just fucking enjoy playing a fun game like Dragon Ball yeah. Fighters. And that's the thing. Admittedly, like, a lot of stuff with the Smash Bros. Problem. It was like, there were a lot of like minor issues. And if you want to find out more about them, just Google Smash Bros. Miners. That was the perfect time for your screen to freeze because it froze on that bit where you were doing like, Joe, the hmm face. <laughs> and I wasn't sure if your screen had frozen or you were just really trying not to laugh. I... I think I held that face for a good 10 seconds and I thought you would like doing the same <laughs> because my internet had dropped and I was like, I'm going to wait until Carl digs us out of this hole. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything. God, I was going to say, do you remember when all that came out and it was like some dude like literally built like a fucking like slave house mm-hmm. where he had like, oh yeah, we're up, like, he brought a bunch of content creators into his house and then kept all the money. And there was like 14-year-olds who were like, I want to go home. 
It's like no make content. Yeah. Oh dear. I like Dragon Ball Fighters, Carl. Oh yeah. A game that it does say here. I'm I'm surprised. It sold 10 million copies worldwide as of May 2023, which is a lot for a fighting game. Yes. Um, fighting games generally don't sell all that well. Because well, they like, do, they you, do. They have a, that's why they don't have a lot of money put into them generally because they don't sell like yeah. Call of Duty numbers. But let's say, for example, like Street Fighter Two. How much did Street Fighter Two sales numbers? Now, I really want a bad um, example because Street Fighter Two has had like fifteen thousand re-releases. I thought like it might combine them. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Here, the, it looks like they've combined all Street Fighter 2s here. All the different versions. So Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2, Alpha, the re- like, yeah, okay. Um, 22.93 million. And that was a game released about 20, 30 years ago. With 35 different versions uh, yeah. between HD versions. You can still buy it today, yeah. It, every single console ever has had it, and it sold like just over double the amount of fighters has had. And that's Street Fighter 2. One of the most influential. The game that, like, one of, yeah, one of the most worldwide known video games of all time. It basically defined the genre, yeah. And Dragon Ball Fighters on the list here is um, tied at 10 million with Xenoverse 2. Because, again, different style of game is a bit more widely accessible. But, like, mm-hmm. they are ninth and 10th in the best-selling fighting games of all time. Mm-hmm. Above Street Fighter 4, which was like 9.8 million, and that basically like gave the vi- the video game fighting scene like a revival. Yeah, it brought back, back fighting in games, the day. Yeah. yeah. Like it's fighting games right. were nigh on dead at that point. And there were some examples of like games still existing, but like that was kind of the the, the renaissance for fucking fighting games with Street Fighter 4 bringing everyone back. At least competitive-wise, yeah. Like ones that yeah, like, yeah. have a competitive element to them. Like, there was always like, going to be a Mortal Kombat 3D game. Yeah. Which is they're bringing them back. Like, they're bringing back like, characters from the 3D era. They brought back Havoc. Oh, yeah, I thought you meant like the actual games, but yeah, they are bringing back some of those like, really weird like Mortal Kombat like, four through eight characters where it's like nobody played these games. Mate, Darius is back. Do you remember Darius? Who the fuck is Darius? Exactly. Do you remember Darius? No, I don't. Do you remember Reiko? No. Exactly, but he's back in cameo form. I went from Mortal Kombat Trilogy to Mortal Kombat 9 like most people did. Here's the thing, like, the fact that they're bringing back the most obscure jobbers possible, like, they brought back fucking Havoc and Ashra. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's great. Fair play. I'm sure a lot of Mortal Kombat fans are like losing their minds over those. Ed bits. Boone is so mad. Like every day on Twitter, someone like, "Where's Nitara?" And it's like, no one gives a fuck about Nitara. <laughs> Stop asking about Nitara. So he brought back Reptile after like being bitched out for like five straight years about not putting Reptile in Mortal Kombat 11. And the top comment I saw when he's like, "Okay, Reptile's back," is like, "Where's Nitara?" <laughs> so people will never be happy. No one will be happy until Orange Piccolo's in fighters. Well, ne- they'll, that's it. they'll never be happy until he makes Armageddon again and just puts every character in. Oh, my God. Do you remember when they made Mortal Kombat Armageddon and they put in, like, fucking Scarlet, who was exclusive to the Game Boy Advance version of Mortal Kombat 4? Again, Carl, 
I like sane people went from Mortal Kombat trilogy to Mortal Kombat 9. You're not a Mortal Kombat head like me. That's the thing I remember. Like, do you know the most obscure is Cobra? Where he's like a guy who just wears, and his whole gimmick is he wears a hood and he looks like a Cobra's hood. <laughs> Bring him back. Oh, Jarrock. Where's Jarrock? Can we get Jarrock in on Moloch? So, to end this on, you know, a fighter's conversation <laughs> yeah. role in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. What, have you got, like, one character that you've, like, been waiting for or wanting announced for Dragon Ball Fighters? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I'd want... Uh, I know everyone wants, says Toph, like God of Destruction Toph. Mm-hmm. I'm not too fussed about that. What I want is I want um, uh, either the Pride Troopers mm. as, like, a fighting force or, uh, like, Raibien. Do you like the, the superhero girls that are in the Tournament of Power? Oh, right, yeah. yeah. I don't like the superhero girls. And the other one that I'd want is an idea a friend of ours had where Jiren mm. got introduced and Jiren just fights like a regular character. And I want the gimmick, I want them to redesign Jiren to have the gimmick our friend suggested of Jiren shouldn't fight with the teammates because his whole point is he fights alone. He should mm-hmm. not have teammates, he should have three health bars. Yeah, and every time you take beat one of his health bars, like you know, he gets more battle damaged, and then it ends with him like with the Jiren with a shirt off when he, like max power, and mm-hmm. you get a new character essentially every time you take a life bar off. Like he gets more and more moves. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Like that's like, such a good idea bar. of the yeah, way to be Jiren because that that's essentially what he is in the Tom Power. Like they need yeah. like three on ones to take him down yeah and I thought that was such a great gimmick like when you pick Jiren you get he's, he's one character he's got three life bars mm-hmm. and um, you know for, for me I guess I'd just say like oh I don't know like put new Gohan in or something but like Gohan Beast, Gohan, yeah. but like I for the longest time the one that I always argued was Master Roshi and we got Master Roshi so I Actually, was quite yeah. happy I did think of one because it's a character who never gets any play mm. future Gohan because future Gohan, oh, the one-armed future yeah, Gohan. Because future Gohan is such an interesting idea for a character in a fighting game where he has people don't know future Gohan. Uh, I think he appears in like the Xenoverse game stuff, but they always give him two arms. But there's like one game, I think it's like Raging Blast Two, where they actually acknowledge that future Gohan loses his arm and he has to in fight the with one of arm. Trunks special, yeah, yeah, he has to fight with one arm, so he can't use the, Kame- the Kamehameha wave anymore. He has to do special beam cannon. And I always thought it'd be interesting to play as future Gohan because you mm-hmm. just he never gets any play. It's yeah. always future Trunks. If if anyone doesn't know, like the the future of Trunks special was like when um, Trunks returns back to his timeline, and it's like everyone's still dead because that you know that's Trunks's timeline. Everyone yep. got killed, but Gohan is the only remaining saying that's trying to like you know keep the. Um, the end. Oh no! This is before he goes back to his timeline. Yeah, I it? it's Go just before he then, travels. Um, so yeah, that it's like how Trunks gets trained and learns to become a Super Saiyan is from Gohan, and yeah, yeah, like Gohan, basically, like you know, Trunks is a, a dickhead, gets himself hurt. Gohan comes in to protect him, loses an arm, and then Gohan has to like fight both androids one armed, like. It's a, it's a, it's a, I I like that special. It's a cool special. I also like the idea as well of like because Gohan is generally always portrayed the same, of being like quite bookish and unwilling to fight. Mm-hmm. I always thought it'd be interesting to see a version of Gohan that has done nothing but fight. He had no choice. Yeah, yeah. He's the only one left. 
Like he's and he goes Super Saiyan on his own without anyone else. So I just thought like the, it's an interesting character. I'd love to see explore through a move set, and I'd love to see like you know the interactions he'd have with other characters because he never comes back. He's one of the few characters who just mm-hmm. stay dead. That and Raditz. I think Raditz would be interesting to come back. Speaking of um, characters exclusive to specials, mm-hmm. should we bring Lord Chilled into the game? He's chilled like from Bardock's one. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't want chilled, but I wouldn't mind like Frost or King Cold. Frost would be kind of cool, yeah. Because um, he'd like have the poison the, mechanic. The alternate version of like um, Freezer from the other timeline or from or the King, other universe. Yeah. Or, or even like, you know, just other forms of Freezer. I'd love to like fight as like base form Freezer in the bubble car. Mm-hmm. Or like, um, uh, like second form Freezer is really big or Alien Freezer. Or, yes, Mecha Fre- or Mecha Freezer. Like, I just think there's so many just alternate forms they could do. Like, like base form cooler, door, metal, yeah. metal cooler. Mm-hmm. Each individual member of the Ginyu Force. Like, there's so many they could do that I'd love to see because I love the the game and the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, we've gone on a long time background. <laughs> we all, every fights. week we've been saying we'll try and keep... And I kept mine to half an hour, but then you I brought know. the Dragon Ball car. I, I, kept, I kept trying to, like, bring the conversation to a close a little bit and then we kept going. Yeah. Um but yeah, you know, we do we do our best. I just I sometimes it's hard to help ourselves when we're talking about Dragon Ball. When you're talking about Dragon Ball. But thank you everyone for joining us this week. And you know, let us know which wiki won this week and it's mm-hmm. definitely gonna be the one that pissed everybody off at the start. <laughs> talking about Warhammers. We did talk about Warhammer. We've done it. Like I said, if the thumbnail is not a space marine and it's like Warhammer episode question mark, what are you doing? I'm, I'm gonna do it begrudgingly for you, Carl, but I'm, I'm not not looking forward. To hey, it says Warhammer question mark. So we do technically talk about Warhammer, and I can't oh. wait for everyone to like you know ignore the thing that we say at the beginning off. We've had someone who directly works with the company tell us not to, and it's not a series we have any affinity for or interest in. Someone mm-hmm. to be like, with the suggestion, why don't you talk about this though? Yeah. I get it. You want us to talk about it because it's a thing you find interesting, but we don't. If we ever get into Warhammer, we'll talk about it, but until that day, it's just something, you know, it's not worth it for us. Yeah. But yes, thank you all for joining and I hope everyone has a has a lovely time with whatever you're doing after this. Cheers, everybody. Thank you.